the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. All right, welcome to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. Our politics is B1, our party is Republican, and our identity is the American descendants of slaves, foundational black Americans, to which all people owe their freedom to. Right, Tiffany? That's right. And we are black first, always black first. Uh, And we happen to have two of... Two, we have a black icon with us today. Yes, a legend. I remember a from '90 and his, and his lovely wife. I don't know how he uh, landed this beautiful woman, but hey, man, uh, you did Ooh. something right. Keep it up. <laughs> I said about you, man. I'm like you way you way out kick your coverage. <laughs> <laughs> we have Reginald Bruh Man Ballard and his lovely wife Edith Ballard. So, how are you guys doing? What's up, man? We good, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, and for yes. those of you who don't know, Reginald uh, uh, appeared for me was form- formational in my college years as Brub Man from the Fifth Floor. My my yeah, my no. children know you as Bernie Mac's friend because they're watching a lot oh, of yeah. those older <laughs> shows from Bernie Mac. We so love it was funny. Bernie the Mac. big fella. And and then also mm-hmm. for me, the other movie was uh was the, was one of the original gangster movies for my uh, from my mindset uh, that you were that you played the uncle right on um. What was the 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 Compton movie? The which one? The Compton. No, movie. no, the, the gangster movie I did was Menace to Society. Menace to Society. Society. Yeah, so that yeah, was, was the original yeah. movie. I was, yeah, I had I had a little short cameo in that. But yeah, just cool. a small cameo right there. <laughs> oh, good. Ain't no small parts. The small actors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about your your history, just uh, here in Texas. How you met your lovely wife? You know, you guys are childhood sweethearts, right? Or, or no, says, <laughs> no we, we, you're both from Galveston, no. right? So walk us oh, through that. Not. Yeah, yeah. We 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 met. I met her in the eighth grade. Man, couldn't didn't couldn't stand her all the way to the to our senior year in high school. <laughs> so we didn't like each other all the way from the eight, all the way to what the twelfth. Uh, and we had a class in the in the what eleventh grade, right? Yeah. It, it was friction every all that time, and I don't know how oh, I'm yeah. sitting next to this girl right now because. We did not get along. Yeah, we often <laughs> look at each other and say, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, yeah, you, right? you were fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so but I t- guess it's like the opposites attract. So I guess so. Uh, we, we pulled it together and here we are 35 years later. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so mm-hmm. you guys are actually from Texas, right? So tell us a little bit about yeah, growing up. Texas. So tell us about growing up in Galveston and uh, and and that and that whole thing here uh, for our audience that doesn't know you. Well, Galveston, man, is a small little island, man, and you know we um the, the cool thing about you know being married to somebody from your hometown, you can always talk about things that they know about. You know, what I mean, I can I can sometimes she think things that I already know what she about to say, and sometimes she. I can think things and she already know what I'm about to say, you know, especially when it comes to our hometown. We know we like the same foods and we know we like the same spots when we go back home. And, you know, it's just that, you know, we know each other's uh, family and it's, it's just cool. Like yeah, that. We, we have mutual friends. And so a lot of times when we go back, um, we'll get together with, you know, a group of our friends uh, from our class. We graduated in 1984 and, um, and, yeah, <laughs> sometimes Boy, you two we're look amazing. Yeah, we old school, man. We old school. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we went to see Cooley High in the theater. <laughs> but you 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 were a big football fan. I mean, you're a big football player in Galveston. Yes. And uh, back when yes. you were mean, lean, and trim, and some I was, of our people are yep. going to know you from your football days. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So tell yeah, us about that. You know, about you playing SMU high school days. sports. SMU days, man. 
you know, went to SMU. And, and that was another thing why we didn't get along, because if we used to lose a game in school, she'll come up to me, what happened to y'all, Reginald? <laughs> I, I knew he didn't like that, so I did that purposely. <laughs> well, somebody has to be around to keep your head in check, so you're not getting yeah, your I guess that's head. what it is. I, yeah, that's whatever, whatever. Exactly, but, right? but it was, it that's was you know, you know. Yeah, and then uh, went to SMU, and guess who followed me? Oh, she came <laughs> my junior year. She came up there, and we um, got an apartment, and you know we started kicking it, and um, moved to Missouri, played my last year because at SMU at that time in '87, that's when we got the death penalty. Man, it was mm-hmm. a big scandal in '87. They have a big old story about us on ESPN Thirty for Thirty called Pony Excess. So if you want to see that, I'm on that, and um. It was a big scandal in 87 where we the only team in, in NCAA history that got hit with the death penalty. I have a question for you. J- just mm-hmm. thinking about the death penalty back then, what do you think about name, image, and likeness that's coming up now? Because I, I think those kids should be able to I, capitalize yes. on that. Yes, NIL. I think they should definitely get paid because, I mean, you yes. look at university. This is like she went to uh, S- uh, USC out here. And when we first moved out here, yeah. USC was like a it, it was a, it was a nice little sized college. But now, yeah, it's, it's probably it spans like multi multi blocks all over the city almost. Yeah. And that's from athletes putting that type of butts in the seats. You know, like Michigan yes. they have one hundred five thousand seats every other week that's filled up, parking, food, merchandise, and and the athletes don't get anything. Nah, it's something ain't right there. So yes. now. You can, you know, get money off of your name and your likeness. That's, I think, it should. It's overdue. Well, how overdue. do you, how do you respond to people who say? Because Tiff and I, we, we, we argue the other side a lot. Is, uh, uh, well, they're getting a free education. That should be enough, right? What's well, your response what to that coaches? as a former athlete? What, what, why coaches should get paid? What, what, what they getting out of? And, I mean, and, they, they, they get millions. They get millions. So a free education. Okay, I can understand if you're getting a free education, but look, you can't work. You can't work. You can't get a job. So if you get only if you get a job, maybe off season, but you can't but get a Reginald, job. Why? You are working. You're working. You're working yeah, as a student was, athlete. You they are working and you thank you. your thank face, you. your name, and, and your likeness. And you're working and harder. On top of yeah, that. Yeah, you're working harder than the construction worker. That's right. <laughs> I mean, and on, on top of degrees that, degrees outside. Yeah. The physical turn the physical uh, toll the, of the work that yes. you're doing is yes. substantial, and we would never. And see, this is the argument he and I have. We there are kids right now it, at universities who are capitalizing on their name, image, and likeness, who are yes. not athletes, and they are mm-hmm. not penalized in any way yes. by going yes. to X Y Z university, and they're just taking pictures right. of their feet or taking pictures of whatever yeah. people want right. to look at. That's right. That's right. And, so, go ahead. Anyway, I was just going to I mean, you you could, you know, now I this is where I think we may disagree it um is with the amount of money they get. I you know, I I hear some are, you know, getting a million dollars and I and I don't know, you know, all the facts, but I just, you know, I think that there should be some type of stipend, but there should be a cap because who can put a price on, you know, what one player gets versus another? Like this one's getting a million, that one may get a hundred thousand. So I, I feel there should be maybe a cap. Well, and, I'm gonna um, tell you, I think that there should be some training because it's just like with everything else. You, it, how do you negotiate it? Who is negotiating for you? Now that everybody's not the same because that's how we ended up with so Yeah, many. yeah, it's just like anything else, you know, yeah, I mean, you LeBron know? James don't get paid more than doggone, uh, you know, uh, somebody that, that, that don't have a name, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, so, so there, yeah, there's got to yeah. be some training there, but I don't think that yeah. there should be a cap on, because you, it's just athletes, like with man. anything else, you only have a certain period of time to capitalize on that's your it. name, image, and likeness if you're doing this, and, yeah. and, uh, Hey, if if Reginald is the most well known uh, yeah. tight back or whatever is it? it is that you call defensive back uh, yeah. in the country, and he can and he can get 
hundred million dollars over a five year period in in various endorsement deals. He That's should be right. able to do that. Right. Now this is funny to me. Athlete, a blue chip athlete, five star players gonna get paid more than a two star player. You and know I, what I'm saying? I, so because they sell products. So if, if, yeah. if you have a car dealership and they know that this person is the top athlete coming out, number one coming out of high school, you know, uh, he's not gonna want the same as somebody that 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 exactly. is going to division two school <laughs> he wants more and you know what and everybody that that comes at me on this uh especially on this conservative radio station uh we're all supposed to be about free markets so you better have your free market argument ready so Edith, you see what i have to argue with right we have this argument and i'm, I'm, just like, I'm not taking any mess that, that, that's a good that's a great point it, it yeah. is a great point uh, oh, man. But you yeah, know, you deserve. Yeah, you deserve that, I, Edith. They should have paid you. You should have your own Edith brand from all yeah. your <laughs> your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. this shouldn't have. It shouldn't. The only reason why anybody's having this argument is because we're talking about. It's it would be majority black, black athletes. Yeah, it'd be majority black athletes. If this was a, if this was all white athletes, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Now, it would be how yeah, industrious and that's, smart that's, these kids are. Now let me okay, now. <laughs> Tiffany's background is that Tiffany was Give a fundraiser, and so Tiffany realizes that the impact that uh, a win or a solid win that a football team or that the athletic department can bring to a university we could in terms of dollars. We could literally bring in tens of millions of dollars millions. on one right. game being won. Right. One game. Right, right. right. And, one and, and game just, being just, won. Like I say, imagine 105,000 seats at Michigan, the big house. And it's probably expanded since then. But imagine every week you getting, every other week you getting 105,000 fans plus mm-hmm. parking plus food, plus merchandise, man, plus TV revenue, man, they making millions and millions. Yeah, and then, and then the revenue that is raised just with talking to big donors. A big donor yeah. will write you a $20 million check, and that is a normal thing. Yeah, just that's it. on a game being won. tell athletes here. Here, take this textbook. You get some textbooks. Here you go. Yeah, and and meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm prancing Edith up there. Hey, come and meet our sweet little athlete. She just ran yeah. and did, jumped and did all of this great stuff. Give me this $20 million check. And then Edith hey. is trying to figure out how she's going to get gas money to get across town to church. Right, right, right. baby. That's right. That's, it's a good like, point, no. but you're right. And then they cut food off. You know, oh, yeah, after a certain right. time, you can't even eat after a certain time. But now they changed that, too. So mm-hmm. after a certain time, we used to be starving in the dorm. You know, we big dudes, hungry. And I used to call all the time and say, man, we starving around here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like nine o'clock come around. They you know, to take us out. Don't do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. And, and Tiffany, I was, Tiffany was telling me to behave. I was supposed to be the one to behave on the program. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody that's... We've been, you've been listening to all the regular Tiffany and Kevin. We got to take a moment to pay, pay some bills. But you are here with us and two of our favorite people, Randall uh, Ballard and uh, his better half, Edith Ballard. On nine thirty a.m., the answer, home <laughs> of conservative talk radio. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent. But deadly, because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin, and you are here with us and two of our favorite people, Reginald Ballard and his beautiful wife, Edith Ballard. Uh, you know Reginald from the Martin Show and from the Bernie Mac Show, but we want to talk to him today about his kidney health and why uh, he's a spokesperson for the state of Texas Kidney Foundation. And also have Edith give her story about supporting and watching uh, as he goes through uh, and discovers that he's in chronic kidney disease or kidney failure is what it is. So, Reg, how did when were you first uh, diagnosed with diabetes? That's the way it started, right? Oh, 
Oh, wow. That was, oh, shoot, over 20 years ago. Um, we first moved out here. And, um, one day we was right, we was riding down the street and I saw a burger place and it said, uh, turkey burgers. Never forget. And we say, Oh, let's try a turkey burger. So I went, we got the turkey burger and I ate it. And after that, man, I was feeling kind of funny. You know, I was feeling like real thirsty. I said, man, I need to drink some water. So I was drinking, drinking. And, and that was like, I had to drink almost every 15, 20 minutes. I was drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. Then I was peeing a lot. So you, a lot of frequent urination. And that's when I, you know, uh, went to the doctor and the doctor told me that, um, you know, my, my blood sugar was high. And so after that, um, um, you know, we discovered I was diabetic and, um, you know, from then it took about another, what, 15, 20 years or something like that. Yeah. Cause I think that was like maybe 1992. Yeah, it was, then, it was, uh, and then you discovered you were in the kidney failure. Yeah. Uh, it was like 2018, something like that. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, one day I was, I was going to play golf. And um, I was eating, a, my friends, they messed with me about it today. They call me hummus when they see me because I was eating a hummus wrap. Way <laughs> 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 to Long Beach, man. And um, my heart started pumping real fast. I was like, wow, man, what's going on? So I called my friends. Hey, man, I ain't going to make tea time, man. I'm, I'm going out to the hospital. So my friend said, I said, my heart beating real fast. He said, nah, man, don't go. He said, stop right there where you at. He said, I'm going to come pick you up. And so I stopped my car and he came pick me up. And uh, took me to the hospital and they said that, you know, they were talking to me about the heart thing and um, uh, had uh, AFib. So um, then a doctor came in, the kidney doctor came in, you know, he was he, he was the savior right there because he came in and said, man, you know, your kidneys, man, function is very low. He said, he said, we talked and talked and said, you know, they have they got a program at USC, um, you know, for, you know, transplants, you can get a transplant. You don't have to have a match or, you know, just as long as you have a donor, we can do a swap. And, you know, I was telling my wife about it. She didn't hesitate. She was like, you know, I do the, I, I did a kidney and that's how it happened. I got, you know, kidney, you know, she gave her kidney up and I got a kidney. So, so at any point in time, like during that, cause what we find often is common is that people who have diabetes, no one really talks to them about the impact that diabetes has on their kidneys. You know, so at any point in time, was there, do you remember there being a conversation and a clear conversation about, Hey, here's the impact that diabetes could have on your kidneys. We're going to monitor your, your kidneys and kind of an overall process. Was there any type of process around that or information given to you? Clearly given to I had, you know, my, 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 my uh, diabetic doctor one time told me, say, you know, you have to keep your sugar down because I see that you have a, um, in the beginning you have, you know, showing that, you know, signs of, you know, you better have a little kidney damage. But after that, he never spoke about it again. He said, you know, just make sure you keep, you know, thing. And then when I went to my other kidney doctor, what was his name? The one over here? Not his name. Uh, Rush, uh, I forgot his name. But, you know, he was telling me that my kidneys say we have to do make some changes, but that was way after my diabetic doctor. It was like years and years, and um, but he never told me about the you know exchange program and, and the swap you know uh, kidney thing. Because at so that time that's you found out about exchange, weren't you on dialysis at that time? No, no, no. That's when the the doctor in Long Beach told me he the one got me on the the, the dialysis, and he said, mm-hmm. look. You know, because um, everything started swelling up. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he said, yo, you got to come in. And I came in and then that's when he telling me, say, man, we can, we can make this happen. And he he really pushed for the for the swap and stuff. I mean, he was like very aggressive, you know, so he. Yeah, I think what, what you're saying uh, is that, you know, were you educated about right. yeah. the long term effect of diabetes? Mm-hmm. And, and Reginald and I, we usually do discuss things that are you know, brought up during his doctor's appointments and he never said that. So you don't really understand the urgency of yeah. keeping your blood sugar, you know, levels at a normal, um, mm-hmm. a normal level. And also, you know, there was never any discussion about diet and exercise and how yeah. those things do, um, you know, help in the process of, of, you know, keeping that blood sugar level where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So I would say, no, the education wasn't there. It was like, you know, keep it, you know, they're telling you just keep it, you know, or if you, if you eat this or eat that, you know, um, 
you know, adjust your, your insulin intake, but never the, the long-term effect of, of, uh, of having diabetes. And in addition to the kidney disease, it's also the heart issue. Yeah, you big know, time. And, you know, and, and that, you know, him having that double bypass surgery mm-hmm. was directly linked to uncontrolled diabetes. And I was telling, I was telling, I was telling him the other day that, uh, the first time we went to the doctor, this discovered that I had diabetes. What they tell me to do? To drink juice. Drink juice. Juice with all that potassium in. That's the last thing you need. The worst thing you can do, man. I went over my cousin. I drank a big old thing of grape juice. Probably the worst to drink. Yeah. And I felt dizzy. He went to an urgent care. Yeah, urgent care. And that's what the doctor It would be funny if it weren't uh, terrible because you were given... Yes. Bad I could have died probably by you know a medical practitioner. I could have went right. into a diabetic coma. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it's stories like this. Like when we first got involved with uh, with Reginald and Edie, uh, we've heard these same sorts of stories uh, for the last six years. Oh yeah, but mm-hmm. that was one of the things that prompted us. To put together a toolkit. Yeah, so we do have a toolkit. Because there's a communication problem here. So if we are being expected to understand what's mm-hmm. going on with our health, then we're gonna walk, mm-hmm. we're gonna make sure that everybody that walks into a doctor's office is is ready to take control of being their their best advocate. Yeah, and I always well, I knew because the other day, yeah, I mean the other day I just found out. I used to always sell my blood work after I want to do my blood work, I see things and came in this uh, educated me on the, with the EGFR. Yeah, I didn't know what that was, you know. So I know my numbers now. You know, I know what that means, and that's that was cool. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. And yeah, then the graphic, yeah. when you see it graphically, right, it makes a it makes a huge difference. Because always, I tell people how I discovered that I had stage two chronic kidney. I was in stage two of uh, of chronic kidney disease, right? And uh, so I was there. It was during COVID. Now I did some foolish stuff, right? I had an, an AKI. Uh, this is much acute kidney, acute kidney injury. injury. And I discovered this after working here for about a year, working with, with the foundation for a year, being a consultant with the foundation. I went back and looked at my blood work and in my blood work, uh, I could see the exact same time I was taking this particular supplement that caused an acute injury where I had this huge urination of blood and it scared me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, and so I, I I got scared and I went to yeah, Knock off the supplement. You were right. I should have left the supplement. Alone. You take it, so I won't take it. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, long story short, I went there to the doctor and the doctor's like, look, dude, you need to stop this. Whatever you're doing, knock it off or you're going to be on dialysis. And so anyway, long story short, I knocked it off. I got rid of all the supplements and everything. And he said, oh, your kidney function is just fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, OK, cool. And I went on Bob my merry way. Now, I'll tell you, I love Pepsi. And tacos, right? I'm a big street taco. You can go downtown San Antonio and get some of the best street tacos on the planet. FYI. Okay. So COVID hit, right? And so COVID, I had a miserable experience with COVID. I almost passed. We all got COVID. We all, we all got COVID, right? Right before the vaccine. And so what happened was COVID had an impact on my kidney you function. After you got through the job. Yeah. So it had, it had an impact on my <laughs> <Exactly>. kidney function. <laughs> and so... I remember Good going to, to the doctor and, 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 the, and the nurse wrote down CKD2 on a sheet of paper. Right. Mm. And so and then we went. I was waiting for the physician and I saw that and I know what that meant. I was like, uh, so the doctor took the paper, balled it into a ball and stuck it in his la- and, and into his jacket, into his, his physician's jacket. And, mm. and we got to talk. And it's as if it, what he said, he goes, your kidneys are functioning just fine. You're OK. Wow. And I mm. was angry. And I was like, dude, and, and because of what I do for a living, right? I work in the financial industry and I provide supervision and training. I know BS when I, when I hear it. And I was like, this whole vibe is BS right here. Right. So long, wow. <laughs> this whole vibe. So anyway, I went back and I confronted him with it. He said, look, Kevin, I didn't want to worry you about this. This isn't something I wanted to worry you about. I was like, dude, what about me reeks of snowflake? Exactly. There is nothing exactly. about me that reeks of snowflake. I'm assertive, aggressive. Tell me right. the truth so I can make adjustments to my lifestyle. Well, that prompted us to really take a look at, okay, well, is this happening elsewhere? You know, it, it, wow. are we an anomaly or is this what what is happening? And actually, 
uh, kidney disease, according to Cadigo, the kidney disease uh, global outcomes uh, organization. So it's, it, they are who we all base what we're going to do. They're, they set the standard for kidney uh, monitoring and mm-hmm. and disease mitigation. Well, they recommend that you diagnose kidney disease in stage three after having been in stage three for three months. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is that your practitioner detects kidney disease in stages one and two. However, mm-hmm. uh, because they are told to monitor, often that is interpreted as monitor and do not inform. And so in this particular disease, your doctor or practitioner will see it and not say a word to you. Which drives me crazy. It is common. It is across the nation. It's discussed throughout all of the, uh, throughout a lot of the peer-reviewed papers on this. I mean, they are trying to figure out how to get the doctors to talk to the patients and tell the patients that they have it in stages one and two. And it's especially important right now because we have medications uh, medications, and we've had them for 10 years mm-hmm. that slow or stop the progression of kidney disease. They're called SGLT2Is. Um, but you start advertising on them. Just yeah. Not yeah. Them. But you uh-huh. have to know the numbers like you would your blood pressure numbers. I could tell you, like right now, if I told you, if I told you my blood pressure was 120, 135 over 140, you would go, whoa, Kevin, you got problems, right? We need to get you to a doctor, sit down, because you're going to pass out or die, right? We know that instinctively, right? And it should be the same with with, with our kidney numbers, which is why we're pushing, uh, and uh, and we really thank you guys for being on board with helping us push our new, we're going to have a new tool available next week. Mm on the website the because uh, uh, we want to create a partnership between the patient and the doctor to say, yeah, hey, this should you, be a partnership. This should be a partnership. You, on that. We're working together for good outcomes uh, yeah. for me as a patient. But I've got to know what, what my numbers are. You can't uh, tell me I'm fine. And not give me absolute numbers. Nobody would call the bank. Tell your little bank. Yeah. Now. So I always give because I'm from the I'm from the banking finance industry. It'd be like you calling me up or logging into your account and saying, "Hey, how much money I got?" Because you got you want to buy something or do something, and they go, "Oh, you got enough." You got enough. You're like, yeah, you got enough. well, how much? Don't is, worry about it. Well, I want to buy X. You good? You good? Yeah. You better than you average. When you, I'll let you know when you're getting close to zero. <laughs> you know, you would lose your mind. Like, nobody would accept that. <laughs> That's an unacceptable Back. idea, you know. And I, for us, uh, the reason why we really have hand selected who we would work with is because the people that that we serve have had just enough for long enough, and it's time that, in terms of our health, we. Get the best. Yeah. And what you find out is that because we're not, you know, we're B1, right? We're black first. And initially when I come in to see this, I think they're just doing this to black people. And I get like all hyped up and mad. And, you know, but once I start talking to people, right, we Mm -hmm. see them doing it to white people. We see them doing it to brown people, black people. And we see them doing it across the spectrum of not having the conversation. You guys aren't poor, right? You're you're doing, you're doing average. You're educated. You have a college degree, right? But yet people still aren't communicating the information. So I can only imagine what someone like my mother, like I've been getting on to my mom, right? Who's not college educated. She's got like a, a, a 10th grade education, right? And I'm saying, Hey mom, here, let me walk you through the questions you need to ask. And then the doctor's telling her, Hey, I'll tell you when something's wrong. What? No, 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 no. That's no, no, literally no. what her doctor just told her this week. That uh, when yeah. she asked him for her kidney numbers, hey, can you give me my kidney function? He said, mm-hmm. your kidneys are fine. I'll tell you if there's something wrong with them. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable because it's not a team. You won't give me the numbers? Yeah. You won't right. give me the numbers on me. I'm not asking yeah, you to tell me right. about something yeah. else. You won't give me yeah. the numbers? No. That's not how, how yeah. this is and, and, and everybody should know they can, and they should know their blood type as well. Exactly. I, you know, it's, uh, and that's really interesting, Tiffany, what you, you uh, said about knowing the, the when you're in maybe like stage one or two, they don't say anything to you. So what what number 
are we talking about? Like maybe in stage one or two, so that people will understand how to yeah. interpret. Like- you're in stage one. If you stage one, your your kidneys are functioning fairly healthy, right? So you're between like ninety and eighty five. I, I forgot. I don't have the document with me. So what we put together on our toolkit right. shows you what what the the range of numbers are for each stage mm-hmm. so you can see it and we didn't uh come up with this ourselves we took it from the national institute of health we took it from cadigo yeah the research has uh, it we we went and and pulled what the peer reviewed research says uh on this and we had uh one of the best doctors in the country go through it and and then put it through a panel of other amazing uh yeah, physicians so, so that we would have so that the foundation would have the standard, so the gold the, standard of, of how we would test this, how, what people need to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's a metrics, right? So on one side, and this is if you go to Kadigo, and I will send you, I'll include you on the test run of it as well, where you look down on the right side of it, it has EGFR, estimated glomerular filtration rate, right? Glomerular. Glomerular mm-hmm. filtration rate. I went to public schools. So give me a break. So, uh, no problem, public school. <laughs> so on, on the left side of it, it gives you what the rate, what, what each stage is, right? And and it gives you the filtration rate. And then on the top side, it gives you damage, right, which is ACR, uh, albumin-creatin ratio, right? So this is very common uh, information. So you look at the EGFR, and then you go over and you look at what your albumin-to-creatin ratio. If you have an albumin greater than 30, you have kidney damage. And there is medications that are available that right can help now. right now that can help prevent and preserve your kidney function by reducing that, reducing the amount of damage you continue to incur. So right. See, a lot of doctors focus, I think, more too on the creatinine levels. Yeah, yep, they you do. Know, yeah, the creatinine levels because I know mine is one point one, you know, which is normal, mm-hmm. you know, because if you go outside of one point one, like one point two, you know, you get up there, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so like zero point nine to one point one. Right, I, I think that's the thing. So after you donate a kidney, um, six months out, you know, they test you, mm-hmm. they look at levels yeah. um at, at function and i don't i never knew how to interpret that they call me and they go over and they're like everything is okay but this is really interesting yeah. to know because i do want to track that myself and you're saying anything over 30 means that there's some kidney there's damage, damage yeah and it's in the literature what's funny about this whole thing is when i when i, I when i left merrill lynch uh, uh last year and i came working so i'm a, I'm a nerd right so i do the, i do the same things that i would have done at merrill lynch right which is one let's figure out what what's running everything what are the underlying structures that run everything so i literally went in and started reading all of the literature tiffany had some of her uh her her, her egghead uh doctor friends send me a bunch of literature and i just started combing through the it research folks. the research folks coming through all of this and going oh my god why didn't i why didn't i should know people should know at least know this there's some complications like with the kidney that go like into some really if this then that if this then that i don't need to know that i just need to know track my numbers Here's what my numbers are. Here are the things that impact my numbers. So just like I would with my blood pressure, right? Mm-hmm. I know that I can't sit there and eat tacos all day, right? My mm-hmm. blood pressure is going to go up. I can't drink uh, bourbon all, no matter how good it is. I have to reel all that stuff in. And so, and to know those numbers, there is a minimum amount of information we should know so that we can track our health and make lifestyle adjustments. Well, 80% of all uh, dialysis could be prevented. And that's by the Medical Education Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they uh, came up with that that number. They uh, you know that's an award winning program. Uh, they've been around for thirty years. And when I saw that, probably about four years ago, five years ago, uh, then I was like, how? Can, yeah, how can what we- does that look like? What does it look like? You know, and and. One, I knew it was early detection, so we'd have to have the most robust early detection program. Mm-hmm. Every So that would mean to get a full picture of your, your kidneys, you would have to have estimated glomerular filtration rate, and you would have to have albumin-creatinine ratio, because that's going to give you both. You you've, Now you've got a full picture. You've got the blood mm-hmm. estimated glomerular filtration rate, and then, you, mm-hmm. then with albumin-creatinine ratio, you've got urine. You know the damage. Mm-hmm. So... That was what we were doing is was figuring out how do we put together the the full package and we do, we have 
And then uh, the other part was how do we get the how do we get the doctors on board with communicating to patients? Right. And that's what we're really excited about. Well, how do we open up the communication yeah. uh, lane? And it, and we feel like it's twofold. It's not simply the doctors. Yes, doctors have to be educated because there's a, a major piece there that's not happening uh, because you have two different types of doctors that are working with patients. Stages one through three, it's you're generally with a, practitioner. a primary care physician, primary care practitioner, either a nurse practitioner or a doctor. And then once diagnosed, you're moved over to a, a nephrologist. And the two don't necessarily talk. Those, what we found is that those two specialties are not talking. The specialist is not talking very much with the practitioner. And that's true. That's true. Because my doctor, my nephrologist, you know, the reason he talks with my other one because they're friends. Even they had two different hospitals mm-hmm. because they don't really give him the information that he. Mm-hmm. So he had me doing his own blood work, mm-hmm. and I did my other blood work from the people that kept USC kept because they went did the kidney transplant. But my nephrologist, he will call his friend, which was you know one of the lead doctors. And he did talk to him about me. So that's why I like this doctor over in uh, Long Beach. He was pretty good. So, and that's different, right? Because the yeah. because in yeah. most cases that if it wasn't for him, that's, if that's, it wasn't for this him being a friend, it'd probably be hard for him to get information from over there. Yeah. yeah. It would be. And, yeah. You know, the, and, and it shouldn't be. And, and, it should yeah, not right, be. Right, and the thing right. that we're excited about is we're really excited that you guys have graciously given us your time, you know, especially with you. We, we want to, you know, we there's still more talk about the details of you either. I would love both of you there to, uh, to talk to the experts. Right. So it's not just us coming with it, but it's someone who's given a kidney and someone who's received right. a kidney <laughs> yeah. interviewing our experts and giving you yes. a, a segment on the show to air that mm-hmm. and bring that and help us further bring it to people's attention and everything. No yeah. Using your platform I, I for that. What's been stressed to uh, to me, uh, and, and maybe you know everyone who's donated is now you have one kidney, so you have to like like you were saying, Kevin. You know, you, I need to watch my my blood. Yeah, you're not sugar. drinking brown. You're not drinking brown liquor. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly. So there are things you know if you had a certain lifestyle before you you know pre donation. Now that lifestyle may have to change a bit. Yeah, but are going in and you're having the, the test done and um so we need to understand what, what the numbers mean yeah how, yep. you know, how to interpret those numbers you just touched on something that that i think we need to talk about too which is is lifestyle because uh, a lot of what's in in the literature in the the peer-reviewed papers about kidney disease and one of the reasons why uh we chose the physician that oversees uh, Texas Kidney Foundation's um, uh, testing and uh, educational programs is because he wrote and uh, wrote prolific uh, studies, studies, yeah, on veganism and Mm -hmm. kidney disease. Yeah. And uh, he was so successful in uh, his work with that, mm-hmm. with in in his initial studies, that uh, he was able to build a pro- he he just has built out so many programs and and that inspired me to do what we're doing right now. Um, but it's the food, and he's successfully How we're eating what we're eating, and uh, just just even looking at that. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. Dr. Wesson has successfully gotten black people to mm-hmm. embrace different parts of veganism, yeah. right? And, right? And to do away with a lot of the grape juice and grape sodas uh, that are traditionally uh, marketed, to, marketed us. to us, right? Mm-hmm. And he has run a successful program there. And he and, and we are very fortunate. I think he's going to be one of the first people we have you speak with. And you're going to really like him. Uh, uh, so it. I'm excited, right? I, I get frustrated sometimes, and sometimes people hear that on the on the station when we're dealing with this particular uh, space, right? And it's not just kidney disease; it's really the right. big three: diabetes, 
right? Diabetes, cardiovascular, and then kidney disease. And then that's not it. just chronic, but also rare. Hypertension, that's the other one. Uh, and it's, and it's not just chronic, but it's rare. People get rare kidney yeah. disease all the time, especially yeah. us. I mean, yeah. uh, B1s get it. I mean, we get a lot of these rare kidney diseases. And uh, so our goal is always to educate people and inform them so that they know the questions to ask. Right. And mm-hmm. I get really mad with the doctors a lot. But it's like mess- it's like kind of pointing out the faults of your teachers. Right. We know we need teachers. We love our teachers. Same thing with mm-hmm. our doctors. But we get mad when they're like, you know, they want to say, the responsibility is yours, but yet you're not teaching me the frameworks and the questions to ask. That's what right. gets me annoyed. Well, I right. get annoyed because I, they- I love what you are doing, <laughs> and I'm really happy that we are a part of it. I know I, I jump off now. I wish I could stay longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we, and you know, the, uh, I, I told Tiffany, I said, I think our interview with them is going to feel like we're at home, and we're just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh, good. I'm, I'm more vegetarian, but. I um since Christmas, man, I, I stopped eating meat. My 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 cholesterol, uh, everything is normal. HDL, LDL, all normal. Wow. Because yeah. I, I cut the meat, and that's just since Christmas. And you know, my 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 cholesterol used to be high all the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> Look at that. It's, it's nothing. You know, but but the thing that uh, the the thing is that we make the adjustments right when we when when, when we're forced to right. Even within, yeah, I'm a big beef person, right? And I already told, I always yeah. tell people my uh, uh, my vices, right? Are tacos. I love some barbecue brisket, and I love Pepsi. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And all yeah. of that. But hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, the your, your transplant, right? So once you got, you know, once you you figured out, hey, my kidney's failing me. You know, walk us through that. Like, what was that? process like as you went through um well you, the, the 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 crazy thing about it is black people you know especially black men we have a tendency not to go to the hospital yeah you know? mm-hmm. like i do a joke on stage i say you know if a white guy discovered not on his leg he gonna go to the hospital if a black man discovered not on his leg we're gonna fill on our other leg and see if we're not <laughs> over there for not on that other leg we're like oh well cool post the because i sat around for a long time and you know, my, my, my hands got swollen and my feet got swollen. And I was still like, you know, yeah, I think something wrong. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but I still wasn't, I say, I still, I still probably could, you know, if I didn't eat right, maybe I think, but it was damage was done. So I was like, well, then I waited around. And then all of a sudden, man, my, my, my private part, man, my, 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 my balls got swollen. I was like, whoa. I got, you know, we start messing with the brother's you know, private part. <laughs> That's when you decide. I walked around for a couple of days like that, though, because it made that bowl stick out. So I was like, yeah. But then, <laughs> nah, nah, oh, my gosh. I didn't joke it, joke it. But then I, I, but I went in, man, and the doctor said, hey, man, we got to get it. We got to go, you know, die, um, you know dialysis. So I did the dialysis, and, um, and you know, man, looking at your, looking at your, your, your lifeline, your bloodline, it's like you watching it go in and out your body, you know, cleaning it, you know, it, it, it's a bad feeling, man. You don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, it's very discouraging, very depressing. And uh, I used to just go and, you know, people, you know, they knew who I was. I, I used to try to cover my face up and stuff and, you know, get up under the, under my, 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 my hoodie, you know, and, and just try to go to sleep, you know, and I didn't want to talk to people. And, um, uh, it was just, it was just a frustrating situation, but, then when I had to get the transplant, man, I went in and it's crazy because dialysis worked differently for me. You know, the doctor used to tell you, like a kidney person, they tell you not to eat tomatoes, not to eat certain potassium, not to eat. But my doctor used to tell me to eat it because my potassium was low and my protein was low. And he's like, you know, I, I can't tell nobody else in here to do what I'm telling you to do because, but yours is low. You have to eat, you have to eat more protein because, you know, when you get this, this transplant, you know, we had your protein levels have to be up so that, you know, it'll protect you in the surgery. I had low protein. It was, it was rare. So when I used to get out that, I mean, dialysis, I wasn't like drained. I used to go play golf and I used to have energy, you know, a lot of people be drained. Yeah, man, I, it was totally different. And, um, so I went in, you know, we got, got ready to do the transplant, man. Me and my wife, you know, we went in and, um, you know, the transplant was, was a success. And matter of fact, this is a picture of us. If you, I don't know if you can see this. This is a picture of us leaving. The hospital, man. That, 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 <laughs> oh. that we, have our, our, we have our high school uh, uh, stuff on, Will and uh, that's picture that picture of us with the mask on. And um, but I mean, it, but she had little complications because it was, you know, she had like an infection 
I guess from the from the cut, but you know that that healed up and it cleared up and but you know it, it was the, the surgery was it, I don't know how long it took because I was you know once you go to sleep you don't know and uh, it, it worked out man I got up the next day and and um you know walked around and you know was walking and it's funny because George Lopez man he the one he had went through this kidney transplant I got a whole lot of information from him you know I was asking him how it was gonna be and blah 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 and then. I gave my information that I got, I gave it to Scarface, you know, from Ghetto Boys. I gave mm-hmm. man, it's going to be like this. It's going to be. <laughs> and the only thing Scarface is worried about, hey, man, do they got to stick that thing up your pee pee? Scarface. He's like this dude, hardcore, hardcore yeah, gangster. Bro. Scarface <laughs> is something else. Brad is a yeah. trip. He's a trip. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but that's how it worked out. And, you know, um, since then, my, my, my creatinine levels been, you know, I think I was, I think after the surgery was like 1.6. And then ever since then, it's been going down to 1.4. It was standing at 1.2. And I went, uh, March 10th and I got the, uh, my blood work and it was like 1.1. It's the lowest it ever been since right. the surgery. That's good. And so tell you, you, you and Edie went through and you did the exchange. You did the kidney exchange. Yeah. 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 She, match. Talk she, through she that. Cause some people think you have to have an exact match. Pair donation no. is such a, a great no, no, option no, no. for us. As long as you have a donor, as long as you have a donor, if you have a donor, mm-hmm. like my doctor say, you say you have somebody, you know, that, you know, friend want to donate. I say, man, my friend's sick too. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people ended up benefiting from you guys doing the exchange, right? Uh, well, the lady, it was it was a person in Florida that needed a kidney. So her friend, I think, was in, um, I want to say, um, Kentucky, I want to say, somewhere. Her friend was in Kentucky. So her friend was giving her a kidney, but her kidney, you know, wasn't matched for her friend in Florida. So the, the friend in Kentucky gave me the kidney and uh, Edie gave a kidney to a guy out here in Los Angeles. And the, the other person, I guess, in Los Angeles was giving the person a kidney in Florida. Ain't this crazy? How that, wow. that is crazy. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. what they yeah. can do now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is amazing. Houston, Houston did a five swap uh, one time. It was like the largest swap ever done. It was like five people or something like that was involved. And they were just going, you know, you know, get got the kidney, but you don't have to have a perfect match. But if you have somebody willing to give you a kidney, and it goes fast because soon as soon as um, they put me on on the the, the, the list of kidney uh, transplants, man, I got I got a, a kidney in fifteen minutes. It, yeah. you know, I was on that fifteen on minutes. the exchange, right through through the kidney exchange. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, I think that's. Yeah. A, I always recommend people, even if you're a, a, a perfect match with someone, you should go through the exchange uh, because we met yeah. a young lady. Uh, uh, I'm probably like two, three months back. And she was telling us about that. She was young. She's probably like 25, 26. The, mm-hmm. the, the young girl who sells insurance. Yep. Yep. And, and she, uh, her kidneys failed her after childbirth. And so, uh, oh, really? her fiance, she and her fiance, her fiance, uh, was willing to do the exchange and they ended up doing like six people. Six, seven people. Oh, years really? ago. Yeah, really? it was it was amazing, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Uh, that I mean, just knowing about that program, but so many Different of us don't state, know. You might be in the same state, right? You yeah. got to be in the same state. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's it is one of the best ways that uh, a person can get. It it literally right. opens up all kinds of avenues mm-hmm. for yes, uh, for us to yes, get receive those transplants, and there are so few uh, black people who receive preemptive transplants. Like the, the numbers are really minuscule on preemptive mm-hmm. transplants, but then transplants in general, we are underserved in that yeah. capacity. So this is is something that opens up the doors to that. And, and you know, the wonderful thing about that, and we have an education program on that too. Yeah, and we do. Mm-hmm. And so the wonderful yep. thing about that is that you can be a black person and give a kidney to a white person. Yep. You can be exactly. white and give a kidney. To a uh, black hey, person, I got. I have a female kidney. <laughs> <laughs> yep, male and female. Yep. Yeah, have you become yeah, more man, sensitive. I it, man, I stop at every uh, Sephora. Every time I see a Sephora, I stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the malls and look at everything and don't buy nothing. <laughs> I don't know why I deal with you. <laughs> Um, you know, 
Listen, you always got is, some mess to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're right with the segments running down. Reginald, I look forward to, uh, to, to working with you more on, on just with the radio station. Yes. And, you know, the second quarter, we're going to, and we have a lot. Uh, we're going to knock it out. We are, and I'm excited about that. And and you and you you and your wife really calm me down because I really want to go ham. I'm like, we take the industry on and bring the, bring these numbers down. I'm like, this is not. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, yeah. we do. So we're man. excited. I mean, you know, we're excited about. We can do it. The best man, you know, because nobody is educated. You know, we we educated a lot on blood pressure, but we're not educated on what. The call with 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 how blood pressure can really do the kind of damage that yeah. it can really yeah. do. The, you know, I says silent killer and and yep. Um, and you know, and I feel like there's a downplaying of of like the they downplay the significance mm-hmm. of diabetes and what yes. it's going to do to you. They downplay yes, yes. the significance of high blood pressure and what it is actually doing to your body. Simply yes. understanding that and how impactful and what is going to, the fact that you will end up on a machine, you will end up right. with an amputation. You could end mm-hmm. up blind. That That's Those true. are are important pieces. Right. That you and and nowadays you go to doctors. You go to doctor's offices nowadays and they will, you'll be in a doctor's office for about 10 minutes. Once you get in to see him, you, you're in the yeah. waiting room for about an hour. You go in to see the doctor, you're in there 10 minutes and you're out. It's like they tell you, oh, yeah, okay, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they don't really educate you and tell you yeah. what's yeah. really going on. They it's, hardly if even touch you. It's new. If you, if you like a little bit good, they say, okay, you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it yeah. sometimes it comes from a good place, right? And everyone knows that I, I go in on the physicians a lot, but I, but here just just talking more to patients, I think it's coming from a good place where they don't want to worry you about your health. But I yeah. love the there's nothing about me that's a snowflake, and I don't think there's anything about most Americans that's a snowflake. Tell us, and so we can make adjustments. Yeah, the best thing you I mean, can yeah, do. Yeah, let me know, man. Let me know. I don't word, want to sit around. Our, our the word of the day for us. And and for our entire movement, if there was one word that could be used for us, that would be transparency. We seek transparency. You, you I deserve to know and have every right as an American to know my numbers and to know what's going on with me. Yep. You don't That's have right. the right to keep that from me. So. There you go. And you've been listening to On the Record with, with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM. The answer home of conservative talk radio. Thank you, Reginald Ballard, for being here with Thank us. And All right. Everybody See that you next has time. Something to say, send me an email. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930 AM. The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com